Hello, animal lovers, and welcome to episode 20 of the I Speak to Animals podcast. My name is Leslie Serenisi, and I am a professional animal communicator, which means I can speak to animals. I've been fortunate enough to speak to many, many different kinds of animals in my career, starting off with a grizzly bear named Brutus. I was lucky enough to be asked to write an article for a magazine, which I did for five and a half years, and I decided to dust them off and share them with you. Each episode, I will share a different article with you, and if you hang with me till the end, I will share some backstories, some behind the scenes info, and some things that couldn't make it into the article. So come on this amazing journey with me and share in my animal adventures. So last week I mentioned that this week's article is called Not All Wolves Are Big and Bad. And you were probably thinking, didn't I just hear that episode a few weeks ago? Well, yes, yes you did. <laughs> I was reading from an old copy and I messed up. This week's article is actually called Frankly, My Dear, and it's all about deer and the deer family, which includes moose, elk, and the like. I had an interesting conversation with the elk in Yellowstone that I want to share with you. Whenever I think of deer, the very first thought that jumps into my mind, of course, is Bambi, the fawn from the Walt Disney animated movie. He's a staple from my childhood, and I can see his big brown deer eyes in my mind whenever I picture his little fawn face. Recently, I was thinking about this classic movie and I realized that I only remember Bambi the white-tailed fawn, Thumper the rabbit, and Flower the skunk from the movie. I couldn't really remember anything else about the entire movie and it started to put me in a mild panic. Like, why couldn't I remember the details of a movie that I so related to and put Bambi in my mind as the quintessential deer. All deer were Bambi to me. This was very perplexing and disturbing to me. I could remember Bambi and Thumper on the frozen pond. I could remember Thumper thumping his foot on the ground and I could remember Sweet Flower in a patch of flowers. But my memory stopped there. I'm too old to have had the videos when I was a child, so we had to do it the old-fashioned way, which was to go to the theater to see it, or perhaps a drive-in movie. I called my mother, and I asked her how many times we went to the theater to see Bambi, and she said, never. She never took us to see it because it was too violent of a movie, and she knew it would give me nightmares when Bambi's mother was shot and killed. I... I immediately started to well up and with tears and my mind raced. What? Bambi's mother killed? What? It was now super obvious to me that I had never really seen the whole movie. I think I must have actually only seen trailers or short clips of the film. Deer should be associated with innocence and beauty. They are lovely, graceful creatures and it mortifies me each October when hunters take to the woods to kill as many deer as possible. 
I mean, I completely understand that culling is probably a necessary evil, and if hunters didn't thin the herd, then many more deer would probably starve. But as an animal communicator and a vegetarian, it hurts me deeply, but I get it. I don't have to like it, but I understand it. In my mind, each time I see a deer in the wild, it's like seeing a unicorn. I stop, stare, marvel, and awe, and stay as long as the deer will have me in its presence. I'm always grateful when I see them. There are more than just white-tailed deer in the deer family. There are many species of deer, such as fallow and mule deer. But did you know that caribou, elk, and moose are also in the deer family? Nothing is more majestic than a male elk with a full rack of antlers standing strong and silent in the forest. It takes my breath away. The first time that I entered Yellowstone National Park, I was so eager to see wildlife and was fidgeting in my seat scanning the landscape for animals. It did not take long and I was not disappointed. The very first animal I saw was standing just off the road in a patch of evergreen trees. It was a male elk, and I could swear that he was posing because he looked picture perfect. I was able to stop and get a quick photo of him, and I often pull out that photo and look at it. Since then, every time I go back to Yellowstone, I seek him out, and I usually find him. He looks just as regal each time I see him. Three years ago, I decided that since I'm an animal communicator, I would try to speak to him, and he indicated that he was too busy at that time to have a conversation. So two years ago, I approached him again, and he remembered me. He indicated that he would be willing to have a conversation with me this time, and I jumped at the chance. We talked for about 20 minutes and I asked him many questions about his life and his home in Yellowstone. The most interesting thing we chatted about was when I asked him if he had posed for the photo I took of him so many years before on my first trip to Yellowstone. He told me that even though he did not remember that or the photo that I took that day, he could assure me that he was not posing per se but he was showing himself so that people would know of them. He said that you usually only fear what you do not know. He said that fear can lead to destruction and he wanted to prevent that if possible. It instantly reminded me of a Yoda quote from Star Wars when Yoda said, fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, hate leads to suffering. Both Yoda and this elk had similar perceptions. Since I had so many inaccuracies about Bambi, I wondered if I should go back and watch the Bambi movie so that I would know what it's actually about. But I decided against it. To be honest, I think my fragmented version of the movie with Bambi and all of his innocence is the best version of the movie. I did, however, go back and watch episodes four, five, and six of Star Wars though. One thing I do want to add about my little blooper about not all wolves are big and bad. 
was something else that I wanted to say about it. And maybe that's why my brain brought me back around to talk about the podcast that I thought I had already finished. I have a photo of Arthur on my dresser. He was the wolf that I talked to most that day. And let me tell you a little bit about him. He followed me around the yard everywhere I went, and he was very eager to talk to me. And as as I left the enclosure, he asked if he could give me a kiss. So I asked the curator if it was okay, and she said, okay, I guess, but he doesn't give kisses. Honestly, I don't think I listened to what she said after okay, as I was more than happy to get a wolf kiss. So I bent over and I closed my eyes. When I didn't feel anything, I opened my eyes and Arthur was had this kind of snarl on his face with his lips up over his teeth. And if he hadn't just asked for a kiss, I, I think I kind of would have freaked out. But I didn't feel any malice from him. Was he tricking me? And he was a wolf in sheep's clothing? But then he stuck his tongue out from between his gnarled teeth and he gave me the gentlest kiss on the nose. And then he pulled his tongue through his teeth and he lowered his lips. I realized that what happened was that Arthur didn't know how to give a kiss. So he was struggling with the juxtaposition of his lips, his tongue and his teeth. But luckily for me, my patience paid off and I got the best gift gift ever. That photo warms my heart every time I look at it. So come back next week when we review an article I wrote in 2017 titled, Can We Live Without the Woodpecker? Until then, if you ever wondered what your pet was thinking, go to my website at ispeaktoanimals.com and book an appointment. Until next week, love to you and all of your animals.